I was 15 years old, I went on my first mission trip, and it was to the Philippines. And on this mission trip, we did so many amazing things. We went to hospitals, orphanages, prisons, marketplaces. We were able to share the gospel with so many people, and it was an amazing trip. But it wasn't until the end of the trip, the third week, when I was in a very, very remote jungle in a remote island, and finally we get to this remote village. We're walking into the village, and everything and everyone stopped. They start following us. They're coming up to us. They're grabbing our hands. They want to touch our skin, especially any of the girls with blonde hair. They couldn't believe it. This blonde hair, this is crazy. What we realized is this village had never had visitors before. They had never seen Americans. They had never seen visitors. We get to the local high school and everybody gathers there. The mayor and everybody comes to the local high school to hear what the Americans have to say. There are about 1,200 people and this is my opportunity to get up and share the good news of the gospel. And so I stand up and I'm getting ready to preach. And I see three boys in the back right corner turn and start to walk away. See, this was shocking to me because Row one was pretty much on my feet and I could touch row seven. That's how close everybody was. They were trying to get as close to the Americans as they possibly could. So the whole time I'm preaching, I'm thinking about these three boys. Why did they leave? I finish up and so many people pray with me to trust in Jesus. And afterwards, people are hugging me and shaking my hand. And, but I had to get away. I had to go see where these three boys went. So finally, I'm able to break away from the crowd and I walk around the right side of the school and I get around the corner and I see in the distance, there's this little tiny bamboo hut. I see one of the three boys crawl out from underneath it and come walking towards me. I go walking towards him and I try to say hi and he says nothing. He just grabs me by two of my fingers and he pulls me to the bamboo hut. He crawls in and I crawl in after him and when I'm inside, I see the other two boys. And at first, it looks like everything was okay. One of the boys is laying on a bamboo cot, and the other one is sitting there holding his hand, rubbing it like this. Then I start to look at the bamboo cot, and then I see his legs. And I see that his legs were on backwards. And for me, it was the first time that I had ever seen anything like that. And it was very emotional, and I was taken back a little bit. But I walk up, and... I sit on the ground right beside them and I start to talk to these three boys. It was an awesome conversation and they were so amazing. But the whole time we were talking, I had to ask, why did you leave? The boy laying on the cot, his name's Sherwin. I said, Sherwin, why did you leave? He said, Timmy, our, our principal really wants to impress the Americans. And she told me that I am not very impressive. And when he told me this, it absolutely broke my heart. Because this is the kid that we're fighting for. This is the kid that needs to be on the front row. This is the kid that needs to be loved and cared for and supported. But his principal is telling him that he's not worthy. He's not worthy to see the Americans. He's not impressive. Some of my teammates come and they say, Timmy... We got a long way to travel. We got to go. We really got to go. And Sherwin looks at me and he says, well, you at least carry me to the Jeep. I said, of course I would. So we finally get back to the Jeep and I set Sherwin down 
over the arms of his two friends and I get on my knees and I pray with these three boys and they put their trust in Jesus. And I look at Sherwin and I say, Sherwin, I can't wait to see you in heaven. And he looks at me and says, Kuya Timmy, which means brother Timmy, I can't wait to run with you in heaven. And it's amazing what instant faith can do because this is a boy who has never walked a day in his life. But yet that faith says, Kuya Timmy, I can't wait to run with you in heaven. And that made such an impact on my life. And as I was saying bye to these three boys, I was crying, they were crying. Then I started to think about his two friends and the impact that they had on me. I started to think, would I be willing, would I be willing to sit out if I had a sick friend from the biggest event that ever happened in my village, in my hometown, in my community, would I be willing Probably not. When I was his age, if I had a friend that was sick, I would be like, hey man, God bless, hope you feel better. Later. But these two friends, no matter what happened, they weren't going to leave Sherwin's side. And that's when I started to think, this is what I want to do with my life. I want to play sports as long as I can, but that's just for a time. What I want to do with my life is fight for people like Sherwin. That's why my mission statement for my foundation is what it is, to bring faith, hope, and love to those needing a brighter day in their darkest hour of need. We came up with that statement with Sherwin in mind. We want to fight for people that can't fight for themselves. So when there's someone hurting, there's one person that is sitting there holding his hand and the other person is going out getting help, like Sherwin's friends did. And it was so convicting to me. Could I be that friend? Would I stick by my friends? No matter what was happening, no matter what was going on, could I be that friend? Would I be that friend? Let me tell you this. We need friends that are going to stick by our side. We need friends because iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We need people to stick by us. Let me encourage you. Find people in your life that no matter what, they're going to stick by your side. They're going to share truth with you. They're going to share grace with you. They're going to love you. They're going to always have your back, just like Sherwin's friends. One thing that I love about Sherwin's two friends is that they weren't worried about being normal. They weren't worried about fitting in. They had a purpose and a passion, and that was for their friend Sherwin. You know, so many times I feel like we just want to fit in. We want everybody to like us, and you know, we just want to be like everybody else. But you know what that makes us if we're like everybody else? It makes us normal. It makes us average. And I don't believe that we were ever called to be normal or average. So don't worry about fitting in. If anything, when you fit in with everybody else, then you're missing out. You're missing out on having a chance to do something special because we only have a chance to do something special if we're different than everybody else. If we go with the flow and we're just like everybody else, you know what that makes us? Just like everybody else. So I encourage you, be like Sherwin's friend. If you have a purpose, if you have a passion, then go all out. It doesn't matter what everybody's going to say about you because at least if you stand out, you at least have a chance to be special. You know, when we were playing the Steelers in the playoffs, we were getting ready for the best defense in the NFL that year. And there were a lot of great players. But there was one player that you always have to have your eye on, and that was Troy Palomalo. One of the best safeties to ever play the game. He's one of the most violent, hard hitters. 
in the NFL. So at the end of the game, we're running a zone read, and it's, it's, it is clutch time right now. And I'm running around the left edge. I make someone miss, and then here we go. I'm going full speed, and it's me versus Troy Palomalu, one-on-one. Boom, we have a huge collision. Both of us are falling to the ground. I'm wearing a bracelet that a girl with cancer had just gave me before the game. And as I'm falling, he pulls it and he breaks it. I'm expecting him to say probably something that I wouldn't repeat, especially now. But he just looks at me and says, oh, Timmy, I'm so sorry. But God bless you, man. Like, I couldn't believe this is one of the hardest hitting safeties of all time. But yet... He was so different. He wasn't normal. He set an example for me that, hey, you can be competitive. You can be a hard hitter, but you can also be extremely kind. You can treat people with respect. And you can be someone that carries yourself with class. And that had such an impact on my life. I thought, wow, if he can do it, I can do that. So guys, you never know the impact that you can have on people. But I tell you what, your impact will grow when you decide not to be normal, not to fit in, not to be like everybody else, but that you can be different. You can take a step. And that doesn't mean that you have to be a freak. It just means that you have to be willing to be a little different, to show a little courage, to show a little boldness. And you never know what God will do with that. You never know what he'll do with that in your life and through you. And I encourage you, find people in your life that are going to have your back no matter what. Because great friends, they're hard to come by, but they're special. They're special, and they get the best out of you. But let me also encourage you to do this. Be a great friend. Be a great friend. Let your friends know how much you love them and how much you care about them. Then you can share truth with them, and they can accept it. So let me encourage you. Find those friends and be that friend. Because a true friend sticks closer than a brother. I hope you find those friends. God bless.